Cannabis Business Minds, we train and mentor professionals, entrepreneurs, and aspiring entrepreneurs on how to confidently find their place in the legal cannabis and hemp industries. Come on and join us at CannabisBusinessMinds.com. So one of the things that I think sets you apart is like, even when I go to your website, like you're talking to a human, you're not talking about Mm -hmm. a profit and loss statement. Like that's like, you're not talking about that. You're talking how (laughs) you can, how you can actually help and, and what that means. But talk to us in that language about what's happening with cannabis businesses or just small businesses in general, when it comes to just like, why are so many of them not doing well? It's tough um, running a business and and it varies between it varies between a lot of different uh, factors and for a lot of owners who maybe this is their first stint at running a business. So they haven't hit the pitfalls or learned about the different pitfalls yet, right? Um, they haven't learned how to look at their business from a financial perspective. Maybe they've had someone that just talked to them in profit and loss and they're like, okay, how does this actually help me? Right. Um, for cannabis owners now, it's a extremely challenging landscape because we all know well, most of us know, or a lot of us, I can't speak on most of us, um, know the some of the dark clouds, one of them being 280E, the tax code, where cannabis plant touching uh, businesses can't take any deductions, tax credits on their tax return. So they're getting taxed on what I call ghost income, uh, money that they never actually see because of all the expenses that they have to pay, but they can't deduct on their tax return. So even if you're doing really well, there's a big chunk that's getting taken out and and going to the government. And so that makes it challenging. Um, The financial support is there's a hurdle there for them. And it's been that way for some time, but especially now, as we see the overall economy affects so many different industries as, mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. And so you see people and what that looks like is a lot of folks who are not uh, putting as much capital into the markets, meaning that they're not um, financing a lot of deals. They're not putting money into a lot of startup companies, a lot of these companies being cannabis. And so when you're in that situation where you are first heavily funded through people equity investments, but you're also a federally federally illegal business where uh, most financial institutions won't touch you, won't work with you, let alone have a bank account with you in many instances. They're not financing you. They're not lending you money. So how do you get a business off the ground or continue to fund a business with such a high startup cost, right? Um, a lot of states run a thing. They're they're different nuances. So you have to build your business a certain way, your location a certain way, do things a certain way, and it costs. But if you don't have any financial backing, if you don't have a pool of funds from friends and families of two plus million dollars, how are you going to get a, a successful business off the ground? And that's not even talking about the fact that a, a significant portion of small businesses fail within the first few years, right? And just in any industry. In any industry. So now you have that, plus you have the extra hurdles that come with being a cannabis uh, business owner. And so it's very challenging. Um, I think folks, uh, the licenses, depending on what state you are, Mm -hmm. that are um, limited, there's still high value in owning a license, mainly for people who want to buy you out. Um, But it's not an automatic gold mine that people 
maybe it once was or people think it is um there's a lot of revenue coming in don't get me wrong but, but not there's a lot, a lot of profit there's not a lot of profit exactly and so yeah. the, you're not keeping a lot of money because of all the high cost um and so people i think get blinded by this idea oh billion dollar industry which it is but it's hard to keep your doors open and so it's very challenging because they, a lot of people even who folks who are in business and are already operational, you see the, the market actually doing its thing now. And what that, what that means, what I mean by that is, hey, the different fluctuation in prices. So yeah, you were selling something for X amount of dollars once, you were able to buy a product um, or sell your product at a high value, but now because of the market, more people coming in with more licenses, now your prices are starting to drop. How can you sustain that business? Um, at one point, with all of this, most people, the last, I'm going to say the last thing they thought about, but they weren't as in tune to their finances to know what the journey, well, what your business is going to actually look like over the next coming years. I've seen a lot of projections, a lot of business plans, and they were unrealistic. Um, they I didn't was take fired. into account. I was fired for doing realistic projections when I was in LA. Really? Yes. Like I was like, dude, the price of <laughs> uh, indoor grow is not going to be this way in three years. Like, and it wasn't yeah. right. But I think that's the, that's the hard sticking point, but that's yeah. what about solutions? Cause I keep thinking about, I'm so not in touch mm -hmm. anymore. So obviously it's like good tax planning. It's having internal controls, but like from right. like a business diversification, and I know it matters in the state, but have yes. you seen creative stuff happening? Like, okay, you're a dispensary owner. Really? Why don't you focus on a completely different revenue stream and direct marketing that way? Yeah. Like, or like what, what have you seen creative wise? So creative wise, and just overall, what I've seen working is people, yeah, they, they have their different strategies. And I yeah. think that's what's lacking too. People, when they first start, they don't differentiate themselves or say, this is how we're going to be successful. This is what our brand is going to be. Not mm -hmm. just premium flour and, you know, the best dispensary. What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. How are you going to set yourself from a competition other than the logo you have on your building? Like, are you going to be a cost leader um, where you got affordable um, products? So when prices do decrease, you're already there in a good position, but that means mm -hmm. you need to sell more. Maybe you know, um, I don't want to say that. I'm making an analogy, but I'm not going to say it. But um, I've seen people who are successful because they want to run a lean operation mm -hmm. and not just hire a bunch of people or a bunch of people that aren't necessarily experienced because they're your friends and family. Um, yeah. I've seen creative um, creative deals being done from a financial perspective okay. um, in terms, because again, people are stressed then for cash and not a lot of capital being put into the market, but you have debt in equity financing. So some of these people who previously wanted all ownership um, now say, hey, can we get part ownership and or part um, debt financing or, hey, all debt financing where you just pay us interest. Mm -hmm. And so at least you have the startup capital, but now you have to bake yeah. into the fact that now you have debt and you have to pay off this interest. And can you do that? And now how do you go about, again, making sure you have a strategy for your market um, that's going to pull your, your people in is what I call them, your people. Who are you targeting? Yes. That's the thing that people, I think, like, too, that is important for every business to zero in on your target audience. So yes. if you take us, we zeroed in on cannabis business owners um, for a cannabis 
dispensary, what type of people are you targeting that your message should be talking to that's going to bring them in or cause them to drive past one dispensary to come to you? Um, and so I, I think that the people who dialed in on that, mm-hmm. and in my experience, is people who A, were previously, uh, who are, you know, a legacy cannabis mm-hmm. business owner, I'll call them that, or had previous business experience and learned how to um, think in that way, yes. they've been more successful. Um, yeah. And so I've seen a lot of different ways of people who actually are profitable, um, despite majority of them not, majority cannabis businesses not being profitable. They run lean operations. They know how to speak to their consumers. Mm-hmm. So they have brand and customer loyalty. If you don't have that, someone's going to go to the other dispensary that maybe have a better um, better pricing or that's more local, that's easier to get to. But if you build uh, a community, so to speak, with your people that you're targeting, yes. they're going to come back to you. And that's what I've seen with a lot of um, the successful cannabis companies that we work with. And how is the market right now in Chicago or in Illinois in general? Because oh, I know Illinois. like what's, what's, what <laughs> you're like, we need another podcast for this. We need a whole podcast. It's, it is a lot, but in general, it's tough because, um, well, one, the licenses took some people uh, two, almost three years to get, right? After um, we first went legal for adult use here. And so years of waiting, years of, hey, someone, we have a location and that person is saying, the landlord is saying, hey, you got to pay us in order to keep this. So two years of paying for rent that you're not, you haven't been there. And again, the capital is already, it's tough to get the, right. It's already tough to have capital. And now after years and then promises for of support financial support from our, our local or just the, the state of illinois and the different funding sources that they were supposed to put in place or that's out here now and folks still haven't received the funding to even get their their you know start construction right because you have to meet certain criteria in illinois whether that's a, a grow um square footage or dispensary then you have to also abide by not just the state not just the city or county, but, or, you know, the local government um, to make sure you're in compliance with them. And so it's tough here. It's been tough. A big reason is because of the, 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 well, first was the actual giving out the licenses for those who um, actually won them. There was a lot of litigation. Things were held up in court for years. It was tough for people who were putting their life savings almost in, into these, in this venture. And so now to have to hurry up and get off the ground, there are time frames that they have to yeah. get this done by. So we're, things are being done right now, or we're, you know, worked on to extend these time frames because they just didn't have enough time and they're still looking for funding. So a lot of people who come from communities most harmed by um, what our society has, uh, the stigma and the laws on cannabis, mm-hmm. most of these people never had the funds to really do this anyway. And so the support that they needed isn't showing up as it was once touted, right? And so it's been very challenging. If even for those who do have the capital, um, for for them to wait to get to this point to get it, and then to have to hurry and turn around and try to do something and make something happen with it, it's tough. Can you think it's about? So and it's tough. the last point. Um, I'm sorry, it's the the last piece that because I'm I'm thinking about them now. We have people who came to us, the transporters. Uh, if you have a, a situation where dispensaries are not uh, popping up yet, 
and outside of the MSOs, no other grows popping up, how are the transporters going to have any work? And so mm-hmm. a lot of people are being affected by this and people who are putting, this was their best shot and trying to change things for their, their financial situations and families. Now they're, they're stuck. It just is so depressing because the whole intention was to help build different wealth for communities mm-hmm. who've been completely destroyed by the war on exactly. drugs. And it seems like it's happening in almost every state where, oh, there's these great intentions, but the programs are just like not working. No. Is there too bad there's like not any way that people like you can almost just keep the license because that, yeah. you know, or something. Yeah. And I know, and this is what's so complicated is because it's all about law and regulation and regulators and now things have to get passed. And Mm -hmm. they, and I had a very interesting conversation with a former regulator. They don't care what we think. They don't care about business. It's on their terms. And so are there creative solutions being discussed of like, how can you, I mean, obviously it would have to be even through law, but like allow what preserve at least the potential to have this for when the fucking excuse yeah. my language is like it's my podcast, <laughs> I'll probably beep it out. The system is ready to work. Like well, how yeah. do we do it? I don't know. It's tough because that same the same system that we're leaning on to help support it was the same system that created this this situation to begin with, right? Yes. Um, and so then you think about um this system and how much does it really care? And I may not, I'm not gonna get fully into that, but yeah. um why like what reason do they have to care um they're still pulling in revenue um there are people again msos are still paying the sales taxes so the benefit for them is still there right the governments the local state governments they're still getting the sales taxes um but to build what incentive do they have for these people to build well sure you give them jobs uh you can create jobs and things like that but um you know i don't think it's a priority and you think about all the stuff and like re- I'm going to say reasonably, but you think about all the stuff the regulators and legislators have on their plates and all that's coming across the board. It's a lot of stuff, a lot more than just cannabis. And for us, we understand how important it is. And even for the everyday folks, um, the consumers, how important it is for them, people who use this, this is their medicine, right? Um, how important it is for them. But for a legislator, I can, I can, see this being on the back burner because of the other priorities and so it's tough but a lot of it because of the laws and regulations we can do is like people are stuck because they can't do a lot of things because of the laws but in order to get certain laws passed you have to gather people together know how to lobby know how to approach your representatives and things like that and even then that takes time to make it through up the chain and so the effects are gradual, but then the original laws put in place and bills put in place have deadlines and things like that. So there's some a lot of disconnect too. And so it's really an unfortunate situation that it, things needed to be done correctly off the jump. Mm-hmm. Granted, states were still learning, but kind of dug themselves in a hole and dug people in a hole off the jump before it even started, right? And so now we find ourselves in a situation where it's a huge uphill battle for the everyday mom and pop shops, um, the everyday person that's trying to break into this industry. How is it for you being that like liaison between reality and these people's dreams and desires? Because that was one of the hardest things for me, like 
trying to be a savior of like 280e and that was just like that's one component when you're not you are you're like literally that's not your job but you if you're in the serving industry you kind of feel like it is so how how do you do it well again so when when i step back and think about my why Mm -hmm. um and my ultimate vision that's enough fuel for me to want to go out to educate, to be a part of different organizations. I'm on the board of Chicago Normal, so the Chicago chapter of Normal, excuse me. And so being able to educate, being able to put information out there, because that's what's key and vital and important for people before they get in, for folks who already are in the trenches. um, Education is important and being able to provide or connect resources is going to be the way that people succeed and so for me um my role and i'm not just i don't see myself as just as an accountant we're actual business advisors we work in partnership with people i tell folks like even when they uh get a meeting on my calendar they have to do a questionnaire and i ask them are you looking for just a transactional relationship or a true transformational one where we're, hey, I have a problem. I hop on the call. I know what times I can call Ken and I'll hop on or shoot me an email and I know he'll respond soon so we can discuss this situation. I have something that's, you know, I'm trying to figure out as their CFO or advisor. Yeah, I want you to come to me for that because I want to help you get through these hurdles so that you can be successful for the short and long term. Right. And so for me, this, I, I, I have a passion and I'm excited and I love actually helping people work through these issues. But the challenge is that people aren't aware of these things. So their high hopes when they come into this to shut them down, it's like working on trying to, you know, be realistic with them in a way that they can understand it and hear it. Um, It takes a while sometimes for them for it to click. And it really is going to take, I think, for most people to actually get into it and start doing it. Um, And those folks quickly realize um, how challenging and tough it is once they actually get into it and start running their operations. But it is tough. Um, it's tough, but that's a that's a, a challenge that I um, fully embrace and wholeheartedly embrace. And I, I'm excited about embracing it because, again, I want to help these businesses grow. Yes. I want to help them be successful. That's my part of my mission. And so this is part of it. Yeah, only absolutely. Way get there and yeah. get through it. Are you ready for the speed round? <laughs> yes, yes, be around. What is one piece of advice that you would give somebody just getting in the industry? You get in the industry. Um, do, do your research. Um, and I know that sounds like if you do your research. Um, do your research on the pros and cons, not just the benefits. See, there's plenty of magazines, periodicals, folks saying what their challenges are that they're facing this year. Take heed to those things to know, A, is this still something you want to do? And then two, how to overcome those things, because at some point you're going to get hit with a similar challenge. And so definitely do your research and look out there, even for folks who are still in the industry, look to see what others are doing um, that they're successful at or not successful so you can avoid those issues. Yes. What is one piece of advice you wish you had known before you got in the industry? Oh man, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I'd known just how important it was to get a mentor or someone who's done mm-hmm. something like this before already to kind of guide you. Again, it's so important to learn from other, I think it's important to learn from other people's mistakes yeah. as well as your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, avoid those issues as well. And so for me, I think getting somebody connected with folks who who already are or who've gone to where you're trying to get 
in your yeah. in your goal and talking to them and developing that relationship with them. Yeah, relationships like at the very beginning of the podcast are just so important, exactly. like so important. Yeah. When do you think cannabis will be federally legal? I think maybe five to 10 years. I think people are, have been hopeful for the last few thinking it was okay. going to be around now. Um, again, I think about what incentives do our legislative and representatives and lawmakers have, and I don't see the incentives for them. I, I don't see what benefit that they'd come across outside of um, winning an election, which you see folks, they've done that already off the platform of legalizing cannabis, and here we are still, yeah. and folks have gotten their position, like, you know, they've gotten voted in um, off these positions, and they still haven't made significant progress or real progress based on what they've said. And so I think it's going to be um, another five to 10 years because again, simply because I don't think, I don't see them having incentives to legalize it, even though things keep going. I think it's going to get eventually hashed out to where um, everybody is okay with how it's going to happen in terms of our lawmakers. But yeah, I think it's going to take more back and forth um, and time I agree. Yeah. I originally thought it would be 2023 when I was in, in 2015. Yeah. I was like, oh, 2023. But yeah. I agree with you. Probably like 2030. But then so much in the world is going to be shifted by then. It's going to be so much different by then. It's I can't be, can fathom. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to get dark on this podcast. So we won't talk, <laughs> we won't talk about it. But from, hey, uh, from a potential, me. amazing, robots. yeah, like yeah. digital robots, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's going to be wild. So 2030, I feel like that's where I'm betting. How can people find you? Oh, you guys can find me. Uh, I wish you guys could still find me on Instagram, but my our accounts got taken down what? again. They always get to, it's crazy because I still we still can't figure out my marketing team. We can't figure out what exactly is it that's causing it to get flagged. And we try to get it looked at again and say, hey, we just got kicked off a of stripe. And I'm like, we're an accounting yeah, firm. I, that we're happens. An accounting firm. And then your whole EIN is flagged. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's, I had to create a whole other legal entity. I was like, That's I crazy. need payment processing. Right, yeah. right. So you can find me um, and my firm on LinkedIn, Equibus, Equibus Accounting, Kenneth Mason, CPA, MBA on LinkedIn. That's where we are heavily. You can come to our website, EquibusAccounting.com. Equibus, just think equity. And cannabis had a baby. E Q U I B I S Equibus EquibusAccounting.com. All right. Well, I want you to be back on the podcast. So hopefully people will get to hear to. from you and have like a I don't know, like a few cannabis finance series or whatever you yeah, want to do. Yeah, yeah. You guys can check. I've done a number of things on a Gondrepreneur, done some articles with them, some QA, um, some insights, even for this 2023, they've reached out to get my input on what I think is going to happen with the industry. So you know you can you can search us, Google us, uh, Google me and see some of the things I put out there. We have a blog on our website. Yeah. You can get a lot of good quality information on running a cannabis business. Yeah, you know, your website's amazing. Everybody needs to check it out for sure. Like I was <laughs> like, ah, oh, this you. is, this is, this is an accountant that gets marketing, that gets just not even marketing, just like how human beings work. Right, and that's so important. Relationships and communicating to people. It's a, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, leap for us as accountants, but it's a pivotal and critical one. Yeah, yeah. Do you still do your mentoring? That the business oh. that you started, like, did it? How did that end up? 
so no so we didn't so <laughs> my 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 buddy and I so he went out to the navy I went to play football in college and um we still tried to make things work try to figure out something so it didn't work but that is one of my uh 10-year goals yeah. to get back into it and to help these young kids and so now mentorship for me looks like a mentoring um new accountants who yeah. just graduated or are still in college who are early on in their public accounting careers I have a lot of folks that you know call me up they're stressing about the CPA exam um, I was with my son at soccer practice one day I picked up the phone I had a one of my mentees he, he was stressing now he had just failed one of the parts and it was like you know it's okay take a breath it's gonna happen um you're gonna get through it but yeah that's what mentorship looks like for me now and um yeah and so even like young new accountants who started their own practice that's what mentorship looks like for me now wow I love that you're a busy man yeah yeah I know my life reminds me (laughs) (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for being part of the show Uh, of course I appreciate you bringing me on yes thanks so much for listening to this week's show Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this, leave us a five-star review. Make sure that you share this episode on your social media and tag us in the Instagram stories. You can find us wherever you go on social media. Just look up Cannabis Business Minds. Have an idea for the show or something that you want to talk about? Shoot us an email at podcast at cannabisbusinessminds.com.